You're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. All right, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Leland Baptist, and today I just want to keep you guys up to date on some commercial finance news, right? Some important things that, that are going on, taking place within the market and the local economy. So, um, this is becoming a, a heavy topic, and it's going to be interesting how, how politicians handle it. So, if you, if you don't know, now you know, right? If you don't know, uh, the federal eviction moratorium has been extended, and it's actually going to be extended to, uh, I believe it's June 30th, all right? So that means basically, um, as of right now, by July 1st is when um, people can actually begin to make evictions. Now, the thing about this is is that it's becoming a little more controversial. It's so weird because initially there was a human part of it where everyone was understanding about other people's struggles, right? About healthcare, about the fact that millions, millions of people have lost their jobs, um, that people, uh, there are some people who have um, compromisable immune systems, right? And then all of a sudden, people are just becoming less and less sensitive. And I get it because from a financial standpoint, there are some people, there are some institutions, some investors who, have a lot of tenants not paying rent, right? And so there's a a back and forth tug of war of, hey, there are people who aren't paying rent, we, we need them to begin to pay rent. And then there's also something, a part of, well, maybe they don't have the access to pay rent. And I want us all to think about something that you may, maybe you didn't think about before. And one of the things is that at this point, I believe, what should happen is that there should actually be assistance given to the actual landlords. All right, I know it's gonna be controversial, but here's here's my reasoning for it. Most landlords have either property taxes and or uh, mortgages or lenders or private lenders or private individuals or 401ks, et cetera, et cetera to pay, they have to make those payments to somebody, all right? And so if they're not able to make those payments, what you're gonna end up having are defaults, pretty simple. And so if you can imagine a property falling into a foreclosure process that then has tenants inside the property, well, what will happen? Nine times out of 10, you'll have a new owner that will take over that property and probably evict those tenants. So then you have a whole health issue all over again. The other thing is that, that people aren't looking at is that in some cases where you have tenants, right? If you file an eviction in a judicial state, like Indiana is a judicial state, you file an eviction in a judicial state, you have to one, have a filing, right? A complaint that is sent to the individual. That individual then has to respond to that complaint or that lawsuit. They're given 23 days to respond. They then have a, have a set court date. 
once they have that set court date, the next thing that, that they have to do is have a hearing. They have a hearing, boom. The judge rules on someone's behalf on that hearing. Then you have to uh, have what's called a damage report, a damage report where some people go out, they assess the damage, they see what took place, you write down uh, you know, the amount of damage that it, that's on the property. And then you have to have what's called a damage hearing in front of a judge all over again. And then that judge will rule based on what you, what the findings are and, and the pictures and so forth. And then the judge will either rule in that person's favor or not. And then boom, you have a judgment. That's the actual process. Now in that process, and if they're still in the property, you have to then go ahead and purchase what's called a writ, a W-R-I-T. The writ may cost you 100 to 300 bucks, depending on your, on the, your, your court. And the writ then allows the constable or the sheriff to then knock on someone's door and basically kick them out. That's the entire process. That process, that could be 60, maybe even 90 days in some cases, all right? That's a lot of time that takes place. So if you think about it, if July 1st will be the first day for people to actually begin to have those types of hearings, in judicial states like Indiana, you're still gonna have an additional 30, 60, or even 90 days, depending on, on how quickly someone can, someone can get their damage hearing in front of a judge. That in itself still creates a problem. The other problem is that if you evict people, what's gonna be the other alternative for living, for housing? Hear me out with this. Most apartment complexes and most landlords what they choose to do is they choose to want to have the best tenant possible. And in that, in that process, you go through something called job history. You have a background check. You have a criminal background check. You check their credit score. Now, if, if this person gets is evicted and you find out that that person has a judgment on their credit, they have a judgment. Why? They have a judgment because they were evicted you're probably not going to lease your top tier property to that person. And so if more and more people have those judgments, more and more people are not able to find housing, then you're going to end up having a, a housing crisis or a homeless, a, a larger homeless population than before the pandemic, right? So really at this point, what should happen is the actual landlords and or homeowners should receive probably a credit or something that will allow them to sustain the properties if those, if those properties are behind. And then if they choose to evict someone later down the road, that they're given a time limit to what's called reposition that asset or reposition that rental to go ahead and get someone in. For example, let's go, let's go, back, to, let's go back to the example of someone being evicted. If someone is evicted, right? and they go through phase one, phase two, phase three, they have a damage hearing, they had, they had an eviction hearing, right? They have two hearings. That could be within a 45 day period, that could be within a 35 day period, if it's done fairly quickly. The landlord, property manager, whoever else will then have to reposition that property. Reposition that property. Well, that means that they're gonna have to maybe fix it up, they're gonna have to repair it, uh, they're gonna have to maybe add add more paint. They're gonna have to um, add all these different different things to actually get the property leased again. All right. 
that in itself adds another timeline to the entire process. That becomes another month that this landlord or property owner then has to wait to go ahead and get their money and, get, and lease the property. Then after, the, after it's beautified, they then have to lease it out to someone. Now, nine times out of 10, the people who are looking for housing are probably going to be the people who are who were recently evicted. So it becomes a, a, total, a total catch 22. And then the landlord is going to want what? They're going to want uh, two months deposit or first and last months with a security deposit. Right. So probably three times the rent all over again. They're going to want, they're going to want a background check. They're going to want a credit check. Oops. This person that you're, that you're now leasing your new property to was recently evicted from a property due to, due, due, due to the coronavirus. And it kind of goes into a little spiral. So at this point, it becomes a true catch-22 all the way around, all the way around, all right? And so my suggestion right now for uh, those who have individuals who are not paying is to see if you can have them, if you can get them on some type of payment plan. That's number one. Number two, if they can't, if they can't get on a payment plan, begin to send them links to government programs that offer assistance. Now, because of the extension of the, evic the moratorium um, eviction being extended, the government is releasing, I believe about $50 billion for those who need help in paying their rent. So let your tenants know, hey, can you pay? No, you can't pay. Can, can, you, can you do some type of payment plan? Oh, you can't do a, can't, can't do a payment plan, great. Here are two or three links of where you can go to go ahead and access um, assistance so that your rent can become current or caught up, right? And I'll put some of those links um, in the post as well. That way you can share it with those who need who need it. And that way um, those who need it can go ahead and be caught up or, or, or pay their rent, right? That's what, I, that's what I would suggest. And then for, for the property owners, um, if right now, unfortunately, if you're having those those missed payments on your credit right now, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough later on to try to refinance out of that property. It's gonna be tough later on to, to try to refinance out of that property. And I think one of the reasons that um, the government is going about going about it this way is that they know for a fact that if they have too many foreclosures at one at one time it will lower the value of the houses around it. I don't know if anyone knows this. I don't know if you guys already know this or not, but for single family properties, they're based off of comps or comparables. What that basically means is that if your house is located right here and someone else's house is located beside you and that person who's beside you, their house is, let's say, worth uh, $200,000. Well, they're going to compare your house and their house and say, oh, the average property is, is 200 grand. But if your property, let's not even say you, let's say Bob's property is in foreclosure and it goes to a sheriff's sale and investors buy it at 30 cents on the dollar, right? So they buy Bob's house for 60 grand. Your house is worth 200 grand and your neighbor's house is worth 200 grand. They're going to now, the, the average property is no longer going to be worth 200 grand. The average property is going to be worth in between that, you know, the average, the value of those three properties. And so that means that you or your, your neighbor, whoever purchased their house last and paid top dollar for that house, that house is now going to be underwater with negative equity because the comps 
show that it's worth less than what it was actually purchased for. Why? Because there's going to be a lot more comparables, a lot more properties that will be purchased at a lower rate. Why is that? Because there'll be a lot more foreclosures. That means that there'll be a lot more discount buys. There'll be, there'll be a lot more people buying at 50 cents on the dollar, right? Or 50% instead of buying at that at the actual amount that it's worth. When that happens, when you have a large amount of people that have negative equity, that will begin to kill the economy. And I know a lot of people, especially the older population, baby boomers, what a lot of baby baby boomers do is because they don't have they don't have a lot of them don't have a, a monthly or weekly passive income, they end up taking out things called reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages allow them to pool equity out of their properties, right, on a regular basis. And so and they're, they're, they're able to live off of that. They don't, they don't have to pay a mortgage payment, okay? Re reverse mortgages, you don't pay a mortgage payment. What you pay is you pay your property taxes each year or twice a year, and then you also pay your property's insurance costs, okay? So that means you, you, you know your insurance costs. So what? So now what happens is that because you have a lot of the baby boomers getting reverse mortgages, and they're taking equity out of their home every single month or every single quarter, if that home becomes underwater, that older family or that older person, they're not going to be able to take any equity out. Why? Because the comparables have showed that the equity for those types of houses have dropped, and when that happens, people will be caught. In a negative, uh, in a negative uh, position. So once again, if you know anyone who is behind on their on their uh, on their rent, I'm going to add the links uh, below. Make sure you share those links with them. Uh, make sure that they're able to pay their landlords. All right. Um, and once again, the eviction moratorium has been extended to June 30th. All right. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Hey, if you like the idea of gaining wealth, adding to your portfolio, and also protecting what you have, then I have a great treat for you. I'm going to give you a free guide and ebook that you can use that will show you to protect what you have. All you have to do is go to LelandBaptist.net forward slash 35. That's LelandBaptist.net dot net forward slash 35 and protect what you have.